Chapter 8, Types and Aspects, Thanksgivings, which can have God's truth in it and also have worldly knowledge also in it. You see why that's why the Bible says to keep our hearts with all diligence like Proverbs 4.23 tells us. EBM text says, Accept the spirit of the man that is the one in him. That word is telling us that that's how mankind does know. Accept the spirit of the man. Man's spirit is how we know. The things of man come into man's spirit. The things of God then can come into man's spirit also if we're born again and we have the spirit leading us. You could use the phrase that mankind has two parts, which generally describes mankind being a human being. Very similar, the Hebrew phrase, kai nefesh, a living being. But when 1 Corinthians 15.45 translates this Old Testament verse, it uses the Greek word sukain zosin, the first word being the accusative feminine singular noun meaning soul, and the second word is the present participle active verb meaning living, or Adam was a living soul or a living being. 1 Corinthians 15.45 And so it is written, the first Adam, man, was made a living soul, and the last Adam was made a, a living spirit. EBM says, So also it has been written, the first man Adam became a living soul, the last Adam a life-giving spirit. And that is the point here being emphasized in this 11th verse in 1 Corinthians, in the second chapter, teaching about mankind's things and also God's things. Man's human spirit can and should know man's knowledge. That is, if we put that knowledge in us. And so also man's knowledge can get into them. But also God's word and God's truth needs to be inside the human spirit so that he can really know the things of God. Here in this 11th verse, which is explained how God's spirit is the real teacher and that the spirit of the world would teach you worldly things, but God's spirit would teach us spiritual things. We do see the statement here about the place where we do really know something that is in us. Notice the thought again. What does a man know of the things which mankind can or does know? And then God's word tells us, unless this knowledge is inside man's spirit, he does not know man's things which he can know by him. But if you look at what the world around us is saying, we are told, of course, we have a brain and everything is physical is brain or our organ of our brain is our mind. And they also say we have a long-term and short-term memory. This is really not true. We have an, a spirit man inside the soul, which we are a spirit which has a conscience. When your conscience speaks to you, is it in a foreign language? No, of course not. It is in the language you speak. Your conscience is in a sense the voice of your human spirit. It is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. Remember Romans 9:10. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. It says here in the verse, my conscience in the Holy Spirit, or in the Greek text it says, jointly testifying with my conscience the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is jointly testifying with me, that is my conscience, Paul was saying. And if you remember, Hebrews 10.22 and Romans 2.29, which both tell us our hearts or spirits were cleansed from an evil conscience. Hebrews 10.22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Romans 2.29, 
But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and the circumcision is that of the heart in spirit and not in letter, whose praise is not a man but, a, but from God. The heart in these two verses describes the spirit part, which is our conscience. Notice this phrase, sun martu rusthes, moi teis sunedeseos, my conscience jointly testifying with me. Paul was saying, I speak the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience jointly testifying with me in the Holy Spirit. So you could say, when I am speaking truth, whether it is mine or God's word, which is true, Paul of himself, his conscience was witnessing, and that in the Holy Spirit. So like my own experience in Latvia, I was singing from my inward man, or from my spirit or heart, you could say, and I used the English words to speak out to God in English along with the music which the praise team was playing. You could say I had my own worship service inside of me. Well, it became such a habit for me even today when in a service which is in English, I will still sing the same way to God. If I really want to thank God from my own heart or my spirit, I will practice praising him this way. I'm not trying to focus on the worship team, which is there to assist us. I just use their music and sing out from within me my words to God in heaven. Philippians 4.6 Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Philippians in this fourth chapter shows us clearly we can mix thanksgiving together with other types of prayer. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. When we release our prayers to God, and if the main reason is not to thank or praise Him, at some point we could start to mix gratitude to God with these prayers. In the prayer of faith, after we believe we received our asked item, we start thanking and praising God for what we believe we received. In the prayer of submission, we also could start thanking God for His will being expressed to us after we obtained it. In supplications, we could start thanking God for His gracious help. And also, intercessions, we could be thanking God for stopping the dangerous or destructive plan which has not happened or was altered. But when we think of just the prayer of thanksgiving alone, thanking God right out of His Word would just be a very normal thing to be done by Christians. But as I have said, there could be a small twist in the New Testament age of grace with what it speaks about in Colossians and Ephesians in the prayer of thanksgiving. In this area being graced to thank God, or having an ability to thank God, or being led by the head of the church Jesus, by Jesus, to give thanks to God. That means being enabled by the anointing to thank God or you could say the plan of grace or God's power to worship God. And that would mean in your private life yielding to the grace of God or His Spirit in your hearts giving thanks to God. The Bible calls the word written in the New Testament the truth of grace, like Colossians 1.6. The Spirit of God is also called the Spirit of grace in Hebrews 10.29. So God's written word is full of grace, like 2 Peter 1.2 says. And God's Spirit is also full of grace. These two thoughts about God's grace are very active in the giving of thanks to God. The word is not just plain words. The word of God that we have is not like the world's books. There is power in God's written word, and God spoke these words, and they have power in them. The Bible has instructed us that God, thanksgiving is a grace response. 
It is our goal and the church's goal to see believers come to know him more deeply and richly through his written word. So if grace is multiplied in our very hearts in the New Testament by God's word increasing in us, there is a grace coming from God's word, like 2 Peter 1, 2 and Romans 6, 1 says, thanking God would be equal to the amount of his word that we place in our hearts, or his grace which has been multiplied by his word in our hearts. A very easy and normal act of faith, just singing out of the abundance of the truth from your heart, but very spiritual. For the Christian then, thanking God would be like the pages of the Bible in our hearts coming out by our choice, just flowing out of you based on what God's word you put in there. These Bible verses in you would be like it should move you to thank and praise God. And since God's word is full of his grace and grace is power, when we thank God through his word, there is power in those words, a grace response. But right on the other side, the head of the church, Jesus, can and I believe should be leading us into thanking God by the Holy Spirit also. I think and have seen to a greater extent in most churches over my 40-some years of walking with God, that people, many people, are just thanking God without even thinking so much about what God's Word says or speaking about the truth without it being a part of their very lives, you might say. I believe the church world needs to focus some more on this area of Jesus leading thanksgiving, or as most Spirit-filled believers would call it, Holy Spirit-filled praise and worship. But no matter how you want to term this idea about the Spirit and Jesus leading us in praise, as we will see by these verses, it is possible for Jesus to lead us into the thanks being given to God. And of course, he does this by the Holy Spirit, who has taken his place in the earth inside of the Christian. And we're talking about effective prayer. And thanksgiving is an aspect of prayer. And to some extent, by the grace of life given to us, grace can be multiplied like Second Peter tells us. God's grace is like a well of life in the believer's heart. It should be a fountain being released through our thanks to God. Let's take a closer look at these New Testament verses about New Testament thanksgiving. Colossians 3, 15-17 And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are also called in one body, and you all be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. EBM text says, Let the word of Christ keep on indwelling in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual odes, with grace singing in your hearts to God. Ephesians 5, 17 and 20. Therefore be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, in which is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. The EBM text says here in the 19th verse, uttering to yourselves in psalms and hymns and in spiritual odes, singing and psalming in your hearts to the Lord. So if you see here, it says, uttering to yourselves in psalms and in hymns and in spiritual odes, singing and psalming in your hearts to the Lord. Uh, you could also notice that this could be done in a public setting and also in a private setting. 
Notice Acts 16.25, and it says, At midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Literally, it would sound kind of like coming down upon midnight, Paul and Silas praying, they were hymning praises to God, and they were listening to them, the prisoners. But this phrase here in the King James sounds like, and they sang praises, at midnight they did something, and then they did something else. But literally, when it says they were praying, praying here is the present participle. And it is a continual idea of a progressive type of thing. And then the next idea here is the word humnun. Humnun is the word that means hymns. So they were praying, hymning. It literally, it's the imperfect grammar here. So the imperfect grammar would be sound like they were hymning or hymning, singing hymns in their praying. So we can see here that this idea where you could be psalming and hymning. Now, they were not in, in church, but they were in a place in prison, and they were hymning to God, and it said the prisoners heard them. So we can understand that there is this aspect of it. And so then we can see then that the prayer of thanksgiving can take on an aspect of grace-led thanks or praise. Because also, as it says in Ephesians five seventeen through 20, in the 19th verse, he says, making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always to all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. So the prayer of thanksgiving can take on an aspect of grace-led thanks or praise. But on the personal side, here they are, Paul and Silas, were praying, hymning. So the hymning was a part of their praying. That's what they were praying. They were praying, in a sense, thanksgiving and praise is praying. And so they were praying hymns to God, and the prisoners, whether around them, heard them hymning these songs. And because the Holy Spirit is living in the Christian, the Spirit-filled Christian has a greater dimension of the Holy Spirit's grace or power, you can see that grace is affecting the Christian as they were to sing. You can see that grace then is affecting the Christian in two main ways, like 1 Corinthians 14 says. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 through 16. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Else when you shall bless with the spirit, how shall he that occupies the place of the unlearned say amen at the giving of thanks, seeing he does not understand what you're saying. Thanksgiving being explained here in 1 Corinthians 14 is speaking about two general areas where gratitude can be expressed to God. Now notice again, he is talking about thanking or sharing or giving gratitude to God.